1: Internet. This is Chase Redshire king Watson. I'm a writer at Unicorn.com, and welcome to day four of our North American LCS team-by-team preview podcast series. Yesterday, we talked about CLG, a team that made a roster move, made a trade that we did not see coming. And it only makes sense that if we're going to talk about one aspect of the trade, now it's time to look at the other side of the coin. And, of course, when I say we, I'm referring to my good friend and co-host, Walter Ciedis Fedchuk. Walter, how you doing, buddy?
0: I'm doing good. Uh, trades are not something that ever really happened in, uh, in esports, so this is nice. This is, I think, the first official trade in North American League of Legends history that was player for player and not that silly thing where Link got traded to Cloud9 for nothing and then got traded back because High couldn't fly It was like the Battle of the Atlantic or something like that. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, this is kind of cool. This is kind of interesting. We already talked about my feelings on Dardot going to CLG. They're very tepid. They're very uh, worried. Not so much for Immortals, actually. This might be a good move for Immortals.
1: We're going to have to wait and see. I I have some question marks about them. Uh, If ever there was a team that I thought could have benefited from making a second move... I think it could have been Immortals because I have some worries about that support position, but you know what? Let's talk about the roster that they do have uh, as of the time of recording. Got Flame in the top lane, uh, Pobelter is a mid laner, Cody Sun AD carry, Ale at support, and your new jungler for them, X Smithy. So let's talk about, before we get into Xmithie specifically, what was missing from this Immortals team? that kept them out of the playoffs. Because obviously this was a team that, at their best, was able to battle just about anybody, but it just felt like they couldn't get the consistency going enough. What were they missing, Walter? Their
0: mid laner. Paul Belter uh, never showed up to the the spring split. Let's be honest. Paul Belter was awful for 98% of the spring split. And the reason that they kept hanging in there was on the back of Dardock, which... Now you say, okay, we'll remove Dardoch. We'll remove the thing that was helping us win. But that's, I just think Paul Belter had an off split. I think he just had a really, really off split. I think he's going to bounce back. I don't think he's going to be the world beater that we think he was back, uh, back two splits ago where he might have been matching up against, you know, Bjergsen. Like, I don't think we're going to get summer split of 2016 Paul Belter again. But I think we can get a really good mid laner. And I think he can pair well with Dick Smithy. Which I know we don't want to get into Dick Smith yet, that's fine, but I really think it was kind of central that one of their lanes was an absolute dumpster fire that couldn't get out of his own way. He was constantly giving up kills, constantly giving up pressure. A- at the end of the day, you need your, need each lane to be able to do something. Just look at Echo Fox with Keith. If Keith is a dead body that they have to drag behind him, that's just, it, it's hard. It's hard to do that. It's hard to do anything when you're carrying, you know, a 180-pound carcass on your back. It, it, I've never done that before, but I can only imagine. Um, so at the end of the day, you need all your lanes to at least do something. They don't have to be the best player at their position, but they need to do something to help push your team forward into winning, and I just didn't see Poe Belter doing that. He didn't farm well. It's not like he controlled his lane. It's not like he kept his opposing laner in his lane. It's not like he even was dying a ton in lanes, so the opposing laner was just like, well, I don't need to roam. I can just keep killing this guy You know, six or seven times, and I'll get my gold that way. It just, he was just a complete non-factor period so it put a lot of weight on the other players it put a lot of weight on this rookie 80 carry and this you know bot lane that had never played together before and they have to get used to each other it put a lot of weight on flame and a lot of weight on Dardock. and flame flame was the original top lane carry but he's not that guy anymore you can't expect him to just absolutely shoulder a load the way you could expect someone like someday to do it or a hoonie to do it you gotta take some of the weight off of these other players, and that's my expectation. Is that Poe Belter had just a really down year? He's gonna figure it out. He's gonna pick it back up. Um, you know, and even if he's the fourth best mis- mid laner in North America, that helps. Even if he's yeah. the fifth best mid laner in North America, that helps because he was the worst. He was by and far the worst mid laner in North America. I'll put him even under Piglet. Golden Glue is a little worse. But Piglet at least did something in the game. He at least tried to make plays in the laning phase. He at least tried to get kills. And then when teams figured out, yeah, he can't lane, they was like, oh, okay. But still, at least he got kills. Pole Belter did nothing. Pole Belter was a complete non-factor.
1: Yeah. It was a really bad season. And, you know, there are two ways of going about this, right? The first is to say, okay, that's an outlier, right? We haven't seen Poe Belter play that badly, that consistently, at any point in his career, and if you're an Immortals fan, like myself, I jumped on the bandwagon last split, I'm not getting off of it because I love Flame and always will. Hashtag rest in pepperoni CJ Entis. But at the same time, this is a Poe Belter who has always had problems with Living up to the expectations, I think, that people have built around him. There's this mystique around Poe Belter, because at one point in his career, he was criminally underrated. You know, when Curse back in the day didn't handle him very well, uh, you know, we had the Winter Fox team in which he was single-handedly keeping that team remotely relevant. I, I think that he was undervalued. Now I think he's overvalued. I think that throughout his career, and each one of these splits, he seems to have one champion that he goes really all in on, and then the depth doesn't necessarily back it up the same way. You know, you look at the summer split where he played really well. Well, he played 14 games on Victor. That was massive as far as the proportion of his games. Most of the characters that he played about three or two times, you know, or fewer, did not work out as well. So I I think that there's kind of a a middle ground that we should expect from him. But now we have Smithy, and this is where... I do want to get into this because I do think that this is probably going to be something that has the greatest impact on this team. This is not someone who's a carry threat. This is not someone who's going to bring the same kill pressure that Dardoch did. What does Xmithie bring to this team?
0: Xmithie is going to bring control. He's going to bring jungle control. He's going to bring vision control. He's going to bring uh, team fight control. He is very good at, at controlling and allowing his teammates to shine. That's when he's at his best, is when he's setting up his teammates uh, for success. To say he can't carry, I think, is an absolute fallacy because there was a time when he could carry. I thought the, the summer of uh, uh, summer of 2016, him and Stixxay played really, really well while it was Darshan and Hu- uh, Hui that were kind of collapsing. He had a really, really good summer. CLG didn't play all that great, but he personally looked really, really good on Graves. He had a couple of times when he popped out Nidalee games and were like, Smithy can play Nidalee, and then, yeah, he can play Nidalee. To say he absolutely can't carry is a falsehood. But he doesn't want to be a primary carry. He doesn't need to be a primary carry. And I think the fact that Stixay has done so well— had Done so well with Xmithy, now shows okay. We got another young AD carry in Cody's son. Xmithy knows he's gonna need some help. Knows that lane is gonna need some help, especially with how aggressive Ale is and constantly wanting to make plays. I think we'll see a lot of his focus now shift into the bot lane. I don't think we're gonna get flamed with Dardock anymore. That 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 Bash brother, that's not happening anymore. Xmithy isn't going to go top a lot. He's going to go top a couple times to make sure that, that Flame could stay in the game, to make sure that he's farming to help relieve some pressure. If it's a really good matchup for a gank, he'll go gank there. But the majority of his attention is going to be spent on the bot side of the map, which it makes po- the pole belter point so important, is that Hui did not get a lot of jungle attention from Xmithy at all. Anytime time him and Smithy were near each other is because they were roaming together. They really were roaming to bot lane, roaming to top lane, or roaming into the enemy jungle to get that vision control, to try and get a pick, things like that. So Pobelter really has to step up his game so he can survive in lane, so he can then be a threat later on. But if anything, this X-Smithy pickup is going to do wonders for Cody Sun's career, who towards the end of the spring really had an uptick. Like he was really, really playing very well. And if he had played at half of what he ended up at the beginning of the split, he might have ended up rookie of the year instead of contracts. Like, he was very impressive the last couple of weeks of the season. So overall, I think it's a fantastic mood for building up that young talent. This also does point to maybe in the offseason of the summer, and this again, I'm projecting far out after this season, but if Pobelter doesn't really do very well, then they can go out and try and get another young mid-leader to put in that mid lane. Um, and, and then try and build them up the same way that they're going to build up the 80 carry. Havoc Smithy spent a lot of time with him in the mid lane, making sure that he's well-protected and go from there. And Immortals does seem like a team that does care about building up younger talent. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see how all of this sorts of work out, works out. I think Flame, though, is really the guy that's going to be punished the most because him and Dardock, apparently they didn't get along as well behind the scenes as people think, but on the Rift, they seemed to you know, know what each other wanted to do and really backed each other up pretty well. I mean, I
1: guess I I mean Flame had a couple moments, but this was a guy who had a two point six KDA. I don't I don't think Dardok was enabling Flame nearly as much as we would have wanted to see from him. And if Smethy can do even ten percent more, I think it could make a massive difference for Flame. I think he's someone that does very well with the lead and struggles very hard without one. And if you have to get someone a lead, I think Xmithie's going to do a, a you know, potentially a better job of that. Because Dardok's a watch, right? Dardok has moments where it's brilliant. Dardok has moments where it really falls off. But it's almost always him trying to get the kills onto his roster. He's the one who led the team in kills with 181. It's not something we usually see junglers do. And you can make an argument that the gold share as a result was a little bit skewed. And that's something that I think will iron out with xmithie as well I, I will say though if we want to believe that xmithie can be a carry threat again uh his graves having a 1.82 kda his rengar having a 1.66 kda when those were his two most played champions this is a concern
0: yeah he had a bad is, split but to say I, that he's not he can't carry that he's not a carry guy but, is wrong but He's had specifically, if you look at the summer, right? The summer split 2016, his
1: best champions were Gragas and Rek'Sai. They haven't been carries since the spring, which is when he had that great in Italy. It's been over a year now. Like, that matters. I think that's relevant. And I think that he's going to have to prove he can do it again because he wasn't that guy before 2016 spring. We all remember the Sejuani play and everything else, and he hasn't been that guy since. So he has to prove to me that it's not an outlier. Okay, One okay, thing but, though.
0: But there's oh, yeah. there's a difference. There's, there's a difference. So, carry, the ability to get on a champion and solo carry a game on Nidalee and Least, and that's great. Carrying through crowd control and through controlling, that's different. That's where the Sejuani comes in. That's him. Okay, he misses Sejuani ultimate. He got better at that. When you go back to that summer when he was really good at Rek'Sai and Gragas, he was really good at engaging, he was really mm-hmm. good at setting up the team fights, he was really good at. Popping people around and making sure that if they needed to kill an AD carry, he hits them with a barrel into his team. Like that is an improvement from missing Sejuani ultimates into control, you know, disrupting team fights. But again, to say categorically that he isn't a carry player, I think is wrong because even though it was last summer, even though it was a, a a year ago, he still has shown in his career, yes, I can play a carry style. Yes, I can play carry junglers. That's not really what he's what CLG has wanted out of him as a whole. They wanted more of a disruptive team fighter, tank, let your, let your actual carries, let Stix A and let Hooney do the work. You know, it's more about the team fight, but he has shown that when they let him do those types of things, he was capable of it.
1: I mean, you know what? I'd love to be proven wrong. I'd love to believe that the spring split in 2016 isn't an outlier. He's going to have to show it to me because I think he had a lot of opportunities last split to be that guy, and he wasn't that guy. And I think when you mess up that many opportunities, you know, and it would be different if he had stronger laners, right? If he had people that I thought were going to enable him uh, better than what you had from who he and Darshan, but I'm not sure that they do. I think especially like the Belter, needs to step up in a big way. And and the one thing that we need to touch on before we wrap this up ultimately is their coaching change because there's they have a new guy who's going to try to enable these things and really understand how best to use these players in song. A, a guy who at one point was a player on Nage and Black Sword back in 2012, way back in the day. Uh, he then coached there for a significant period of time. He was on the Rocks Tigers and the Ku Tigers coaching staff he was the head coach of those teams which is really the claim to fame I believe and a fair one at that and he was on Longju last but before he came here so what is a guy like that a guy who has found all of these different ways to create a successful team and to get the most out of talent when especially with the Tigers he did not necessarily have a ton of resources at his disposal what is having that kind of presence have on this Immortals team?
0: I mean, I, I honestly have no clue because typically the Korean coaches have not had success with large North American population teams. We look at the like Reaper, Reaper's had some pretty solid success, but that organization is really built around him, has really set it up and he has you know has some veteran players that know this is how you're respectful to coaches, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you have Flyover on Phoenix One, it's been mostly Korean, uh, Mostly Korean players on the team. You have Keane, Someday, Chaser, know the Korean system. It's very easy to transition. But when you look at, like, Dignitas, uh, um, when they tried to bring the two Korean guys in, that didn't work out. We saw Envious when they had their Korean coach. That didn't work out. Lustboy Boy and LocoDoco sort of worked out for a little while and then didn't, like, go over to Irene with Team Vitality. Like, you haven't seen Korean coaches come over and have a ton of success in the Western scene For one reason or another. Um, I think Immortals is an organization that they will throw themselves behind this guy. They'll give him a chance. He'll let him pick his players. Let him pick out the style that he wants to play. And I think that they will enforce the, you need to respect him. He's the coach. It's very much a traditional sort of sports mindset. But at the end of the day, I have no clue. Yeah, he coached Rock's Tigers in 2016 when they won an LCK title. But he had some of the be- he had you know one of the best players in the world in Smeb. Like he had a fantastic roster. I don't know how that's going to translate to a team that has Flame, who's past his prime, Xmithie, who was you know an okay an okay jungler when you look at the whole of North America, Paul Belter, who's coming off a decline, a second year player in Cody Sung, who took an entire nine weeks to get to a point where he thought okay he belongs in the LCS, and Ale, which is a better version of KiwiKid. I have no idea how that's going to translate, and it'll be interesting to watch.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think that's totally fair. I, I do believe that there's certainly potential for him to, to be this guy on the team, but it, he has to prove that it wasn't just having that talent and, and being able to you know, make the most out of it. I, I think that you have to hope that enough talent is there for him to work with that he can mold up, and you have to hope that Immortals players are willing to all buy into the system and you have to hope that they're all able to play up to the potential and to the strategies that are being created because a coach can only go so far uh, if the execution isn't necessarily there so there's a lot on the line I, I think there are opportunities for them to improve ultimately Walter where do they end up
0: I think this team can be a better version of CLG hmm. I think they could be a better version of CLG Um, I think that if Poe Belter comes back, I think he is at his best. He is more consistent than Huni, uh, or Huhi. He doesn't have necessarily the ceiling that Huhi does, where Huhi, as I said in the CLG episode, he does have just some times where he super clutches, and he has these absolutely just mind-blowing games, not just on Aurelion Sol, on other champions that he's not particularly known for. Poe Belter really doesn't do that, but he can be very consistent when he's playing, you know, up to the level we expect. Flame, I think at this point is the same as darshan i think i'd give flame a little bit more of an edge that he might be mechanically a little bit better and uh gameplay wise he might know a little bit better about when to teleport but that can be pretty close i think cody sun and ale if they have it smithy bring him them up to the level uh, of where six and aframu are i think this could be a pretty successful team this could be a team that is battling for that like fourth or fifth seed um at the end of the day but it is a lot of things going right to get to that point. So uh, just like with North America, if you aren't Cloud9 or TSM, you can be anywhere as high as third. You can be anywhere as low as 10th. So it'll be interesting to watch this team at the end of the day.
1: I, I'm not going to let you get away with an eight-team range there. No, I, 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 range there. I said
0: like fourth or fifth. You think that, fourth or fifth? That's okay. what I reasonably think they are. But at the end of the day in North America, any team outside of TSM or Cloud9 could be from third to 10th.
1: That's fair. I have them fifth, sixth. I think okay. they're going to be a first-round playoff exit. I think that would be an improvement, but I think it's way too early to say that all of these things are going to break in the right direction, especially Ollie, we have huge problems with. I still don't know how that's going to get fixed. I'm not sure that Flame is going to be able to be the guy we need him to be. And I'm not sure that Poe Belcher, even if he takes a step forward and gets back to some of what he was, I'm not sure that that ever comes full circle again. I think that the game has just changed, and I think that he's struggled to keep up to a certain extent. But you know what? As as a fan, I'd love to be wrong. And as a podcaster, I think it's time to wrap this up. This has been the fourth episode of our preview series. We already did uh, TSM Cloud9 and our, our CLG, the other side of that Xsmithy yep. smithy jungle trade. Uh, all, so you should go check all of those out. We also have in Europe, we've done four episodes. We've done G2, Unicorns of Love, H2K, and Misfits. So you should check all of those out uh, and give that a listen. And... You can do that either on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash esportsroughdrafts or on YouTube if you just hit that subscribe button when you get to the Rough Drafts podcast channel. But, of course, you can also reach us on social media. I'm at Richard King Walter, where can the nice people at home find you?
0: I'm at C80s underscore LOL. It's right here, right there.
1: Perfect. And we'd love to hear back on any thoughts you guys have about what we said today. But, of course, now we're going to take a, a little bit of a break in podcasts, weird, twisted, time-scale things. Uh, we're recording this before the roster lock. There are six teams that we really want to wait and see what happens with the roster lock before we move forward. So we're going to put this on pause, let our thoughts jump around in our heads a little bit, and hopefully we will have this nice, delicious stew where we've been you know, letting it simmer and slow cook for hours. And it's going to be this delicious thing for you guys in the end. So come back tomorrow in time in which you're seeing this podcast when we've had that time
0: to think about all these things and until then goodbye internet hey there cades here thanks for checking out the podcast and if you enjoyed today's episode consider supporting us at www.patreon.com backslash rough pod for just a dollar a month you can join your fellow listeners in our patron only discord channel and help keep the content coming Or join our VIP club where a dollar a show or eight bucks a month gets you first priority on all patron content like our patron-only Q&As. And check us out on all of our social media, Twitter, at Rough Drafts Pod, Facebook.com backslash Rough Drafts Pod, SoundCloud.com backslash Esports Rough Drafts, as well as on iTunes and YouTube by just searching for the Rough Drafts Podcast. Thanks for listening, and goodbye, Internet.